We've been preparing you for a chaotic world. And it seems like the world has gotten even crazier in just the last five or six months and even the last five or six days. And I got news for you folks. Things are getting worse right now. It's not better. The signs of an economic collapse are all around us. Now, the very smart thing you can do for yourself, for your family, for your children, you're going to have to prepare for more shortages and more breakdowns. And look, I'm not saying that just because, you know, it gets clicks and it gets views and retweets. I'm saying it because I believe it. And I'm saying it because I want you to be ready when these things happen. What is a way to do that for your family? What's something that you can do? Invest in a long-term emergency food storage kit from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply are the nation's largest preparedness company, and they have millions of well-prepared customers who depend on their food. It is not alarmist, it is smart. It will get you through whatever's ahead. It gives you the peace of mind of knowing that the, short, the stores are shut down. If you cannot get out of your house, or if you are stuck on the road somewhere and you've got one of these in your trunk, that you have the peace of mind that you will be okay and you will have something to eat. The meals in this four-week kit provide over 2,000 calories per day to give you the physical energy you need for survival. And if you act today with promo code POSO at preparewithposo.com, you get $50 off each kit. When the next crisis hits, you will be glad that you made this decision and you took action. Save $50 before we kit. It's preparewithposo.com, preparewithposo.com. Go today, take action. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories. First, a U.S. military analyst says that the Pentagon is misreading Russia's strategy in Ukraine. We'll dig into it next. The Canadian Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, participated in a protest holding a pro-Nazi banner. What's going on with that? We'll explain. Third, Polish civilians are showing solidarity with Ukrainian refugees. We're going to talk all about that situation. Then finally, we warned you about this. The Federal Reserve is now signaling plans to increase interest rates. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, gave a wide-ranging uh, press conference with multiple members of Western media today to explain or at least make his pitch for what Russia is doing in Ukraine. We're going to play a clip of that that I think really explains the heart of the matter, at least from their perspective. If you paid your attention probably to the fact that Europe mostly and the United States are trying to close down all the outlets, media outlets and information sources broadcast by Russia and from Russia on how the special military operation progresses and advances and how the Ukrainian army and the neo-Nazi battalions behave towards the peaceful civilians. Please learn more facts. Don't try to pretend this, that this um, American action movie is developing according to your plan of absolute good and absolute evil. So you see what they're saying there. They're trying to make it out that this is simply a matter between Russia and Ukraine. And they certainly, clearly do not want the West to be involved with any of it. Now, that being said, you can agree or disagree, right? Clearly, we disagree with anything that leads towards bloodshed, invasion, and the destruction of cities like this. But at the same time, we're not going to sit there and say, oh, all of Russia just went crazy and they woke up one day and decided to do this attack. No, 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 no. 
we are going to tell the truth and explain how we came to this situation. And we're also going to explain what Russia is doing in Ukraine. Because you've heard a lot of people, and there's been a lot of happy talk in Washington, D.C., and you hear this out of the Pentagon, you see this all across Twitter, you know, hashtag mill Twitter and all this stuff saying, oh, they're getting bogged down, they're getting destroyed, completely wasted, they don't know what they're doing, they don't have any tactics, this is, you know, a complete failure, a total collapse, uh, Russia doesn't even have any plan, they don't have any strategy. Well. The question, though, is if that were true, how is it that they're continuing day after day after day to gain territory on the ground? How is it they are increasing? We've got reports out this day or this morning, at least, that they now control almost 20 percent of the landmass of Ukraine. I want you to understand. But the entire territory of Ukraine is massive, massive country. Right. This is the largest country in Europe outside of Russia itself. If you were to stretch it on a map of the United States from east to west, Ukraine would stretch the entire length all the way from New York to Chicago. That's exactly how far it is from the east coast all the way to Chicago, essentially, as the Polish border. Massive, massive territory. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's exactly what Russia is doing in this situation. Now, there's a new analysis out by uh, Bill Roggio. Bill Roggio is the senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and the editor of the Long War Journal. He's a former signalman and infantryman in the U.S. Army and New Jersey National Guard. And what is his headline? Putin is not crazy and the Russian invasion is not failing. The West's delusions about this war and its failure to understand the enemy will prevent it from saving Ukraine, writes military analyst Bill Roggio. Wishful thinking has the upper hand in the battle to shape Western perceptions of the war in Ukraine. Sympathy for the outnumbered and outgunned defenders of Kiev has led to the exaggeration of Russian setbacks, misunderstanding of Russian strategy, and even baseless claims from amateur psychoanalysts that Putin has lost his mind. A more sober analysis shows that Russia may have sought a knockout blow, but always had well-laid plans for follow-on assaults if its initial moves proved insufficient. The world has underestimated Putin before, and those mistakes have led, in part, to this tragedy, tragedy in Ukraine. We must be clear-eyed now that the war is underway. Yet even the professionals at the Pentagon are letting sympathy cloud their judgment. Just two days into Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the DOD briefers were quick to claim that failing to take Kiev within 48 hours amounted to a serious setback. They said the offensive was behind schedule and had failed because the capital had not fallen. But U.S. leaders should have learned to restrain their hopes after their catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Once again, they are falling into the trap of failing to understand the enemy and his objectives. Russia is employing their deep battle strategy. Remember, the Russian army fought on this exact same terrain in World War II, only 80 years ago. Marshal Zhukov defeated the German army on this very, these very same roads, these very same cities. They used a strategy of attack, 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 Continue attacking, then when weak points, envelop, uh, weak points arise, envelop around them and continue attacking. This has always been Russian strategy. And I guarantee you, the Russian army studies Marshal Zhukov and the battles of World War II, and they're employing that exact same strategy here today. Well, the prime minister of Canada, the vice prime minister, Christia Freeland, is caught 
up in a little bit of her own scandal. Now, you might remember her. She was the hammer. She was the one who was going after these truckers. Like, Trudeau was the light touch. He was the velvet glove of the whole thing. He was, oh, we just care about Canadian citizens, and we just we just love Canada so much. We want you to be safe, and I will make you safe if I have to throw every single one of you in jail, like they did, by the way, with the overall organizer, Tamara Lich, of the Freedom Convoy, when they brought her out, by the way, in shackles in court over the charge of, and I kid you not, this is the charge, mischief. She's being held in shackles over the charge of criminal mischief, right? Like, you know, like, like, is that like mischief night when we were kids and you'd go around, not that I would ever do it, but go around, you know, with toilet paper and eggs and all. No, this is a joke. It's a complete farce. Well, Christia Freeland, you might remember her for coming out and saying that she would take away the bank accounts of not only the truckers, but anyone who supported them. Take a listen. Uh, and then finally, let me say, uh, for anyone who is concerned that their accounts may have been frozen because of their participation in these illegal blockades and occupation, the way to get your account unfrozen is to stop being part of the blockade and occupation. This is, this, these measures were put in place to disrupt illegal activity in Canada. Now, of course, we remember the way that they justified all these harsh measures was because at one point, very early on during all of this, somebody walked by, one, a completely identified person, walked by one of these protests with a swastika, with a Nazi flag right? And he was immediately kicked out and people couldn't figure out who he was. He was never seen again, right? With this like totally brand new flag that looks like it had just been purchased and just taken out of the box. But here's one problem. Christia Freeland is in a little bit of an issue herself because she just had to delete a tweet. What was the tweet that she deleted? Well, Christia Freeland turns out is of Ukrainian descent. And Christia Freeland was participating in a pro-Ukraine demonstration in Canada just yesterday. Yet at one point, she deleted a tweet and then reposted it with a similar image. But what was missing was her holding up a red and black banner in the middle of the street. What was that red and black banner, you ask? Why did she delete the tweet? Why was it taken away? Well, it turns out that Christy Freeland was holding up a red and black they get a scarf or a banner that appears to represent the colors of the Bandera movement, a far-right Ukrainian nationalist movement linked to neo-Nazis. Also visible at the rally were many Bandera flags representing the far-right Ukrainian nationalist movement. Uh, if you don't know who Stepan Bandera is, he's essentially a regional Hitler. This guy committed actual genocide against Jews, Poles, Russians, essentially anyone who was not Ukrainian in that part of the world. And yet Christy Freeland and these groups are coming out and supporting. I'm not saying Christy Freeland herself supports any of that, but she went and accidentally, accidentally we're told, held up this banner. Now maybe she knew what it was, maybe knew what she wasn't. We don't know, but we know that she posted a picture of herself holding this thing up and she did not acknowledge it. She didn't apologize. She didn't explain what was going on. She didn't say, look, you know, I, somebody handed me that thing. I didn't understand what it was. But hold on a second. She's the one who, from her own standards, said that anyone who supports these groups or anyone who's involved in this thing is, by extension, an extremist because of the crime of guilt of association. 
And yet here is she doing the exact same thing. Now, a bunch of people, by the way, after I pointed that out, we found that she deleted her tweet because of course the internet is forever. We've still got the tweet. We've still got the photo of this. A lot of people pointed out that Christia Freeland has a little bit of connection to all of this, that her own grandfather was the editor of a Nazi paper in Ukraine during World War II. And so you gotta understand, situation is quite complicated because Ukraine, parts of Ukraine in World War II actually did support the Nazis actually did join the SS and form Ukrainian SS units. And a lot of these groups like Azov Battalion that you see on the ground fighting in Ukraine today are the remnants of those same groups because they hated Russia so much, because they hated Poland so much that they ended up thinking that it would be better for them, better for Ukrainian ultra-nationalists to join up with the Nazis. And this is just facts, right? This is just history. This is just something that, you know, we don't, we don't say that we're in support of it, obviously, but we can't deny the historical truth. And certainly it doesn't justify invading Ukraine, but understand, understand that these things are deep seated ethnic clashes that did take place and are continuing to take place that have driven all of us and driven history to this moment, have absolutely driven history to this moment. And we're talking about stuff that happened a hundred years ago, but we're also talking about stuff that's happening right now because you see these same battalions in. So for Christia Freeland, of course, we don't blame her for the crimes of her fathers, right? That's not fair. That's not what we do in this country, or at least it isn't what we used to do. But Christy Freeland seems to love collective punishment when it comes to truckers, when it comes to working class people. And so my question is, Christy Freeland, when are you going to freeze your own bank accounts? When are you gonna kick yourself off social media? And when are you gonna throw yourself in jail? All right, folks, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to continue to support the work we do here, how do you do it? You go to MyPillow.com slash POSO. You use promo code POSO. And you know that picture that's been going around. This is the picture that's going around the world now of Kamala Harris closing her eyes and leaning back. Uh, they just, uh, uh, the folks at MyPillow, just, they, they got a version of it where they put in Mike Lindell handing her a pillow. And so you can sleep like a vice president through a Biden State of the Union address if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code POSO, you get the big, big savings. And if President, uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris know what's good for them, they will use promo code POSO as well because Biden, now I know he know he's been, he's been getting a lot of sleep lately, but he would be getting a better quality of sleep if he was doing so on a MyPillow with the complete upgraded and sophisticated sleep package. Uh, you got the mattress topper, you got the sheets, you got the towels, the towels that actually work, by the way. So I know there's been a lot of harrowing images lately, a lot of brutal scenes. If you've been following social media or Telegram channels like I have, and I, I watch all of them. I watch every single thing that's come out of here. You're not gonna send me a video at this point that I have yet to see. But I do wanna also show you something positive. I wanna show you what's going on right now in Poland on the other side of the Polish-Ukrainian border as these refugees, mostly women and children and the elderly, when they come in, the way that they've been accepted by the Polish people, they've been greeted, especially the children, they're handing out food, they're handing out toys. Go take a look at this incredible image at the train station in Poland. Mm 
And so these are some of the most heartwarming scenes that we're seeing out of all of this, that if there is any silver lining, it's knowing that this is strengthening the bond between Poland and the Ukrainian people. You know, while you see this aggression coming from the east, when you turn west, you see nothing but peace, friendship, and Christian love. And that's exactly what you should be seeing in these times. This is what Poland stands for. Poland has always been like this. If you need a friend in this world, find a Pole. Uh, there's people saying, you know, and Politico has the article up today, you know, um, a mother arrived following a two-day tra train trip across Ukraine from the town of Odessa with her seven-year-old daughter. They started bombing the city. She had to get out. Um, they're now saying, according to Politico, that more than 677,000 refugees have left and about half of them coming to Poland from Ukraine. Uh, it has a 500 kilometer border with Ukraine and of course a similar language and the culture is very similar. Now Poland is typically more Catholic, Ukraine is generally Orthodox, so you do have that split there. But at the same time, you're still Christian. The languages are very similar. They're not interchangeable, but um, you can sort of, you can, you can make your way across, you can communicate, you can get your point across. And so we've also heard, by the way, and I was reading some uh, reports coming out of the Polish government today, that actual Polish citizens, just regular Polish families, right? They're going through the villages, they're going through the cities. People are opening up their own homes. They say, you know, a lot of Polish houses, to understand how this works, uh, Poles typically have big houses because Polish people typically have big families. And so that mean, what does that mean? Houses with extra bedrooms, houses with extra areas to sleep. So they're opening them up and they're allowing Ukrainian refugees from all the way from the border, all the way up to Warsaw, out to Krakow, et cetera. They're allowing people to stay in their own homes. They say, come, we're opening our door. You stay with us. You don't need to have these massive refugee centers. They're trying very hard to not establish permanent, you know, refugee camps or anything like this with tents, et cetera. No. It's actual homes and individuals and families stepping up, stepping up the way that we are called to, the way that, that the Bible asks us to, stepping up to care for our friends, to care for the people, to actually be there when it matters. And this is just one of those things. And I hope we're going to see more of that. I hope you're going to see so much more of these types of images and these types of brotherhood coming out in these harrowing days and quite frankly, it looks like months ahead. And so Poland, which has always been demonized for being conservative, for being traditional, for trying to reform their country, is actually going and doing the thing that they should have been doing all along, that everyone should be doing all along. And if you wanna help right now, go to Poland and help these people. One of our newest sponsors, we're really glad to have these guys endorsing the show and supporting the show. It is Undertech. What are Undertech? This is men's boxers made in a way that's tactical, quick draw, secret pockets, extra wide waistband for cash, tactical necessities. The material is amazing. Antibacterial, anti-pilling, moisture wicking, so you can stay fresh, you can stay dry. Look, we're all thinking about tactical situations right now. Undertech is the answer. Durable fade resistant, shrink resistant, ultra lightweight, and almost 30% less than the competition. And one, one of the reasons that they are so amazing is that they have literally been battle tested by the special forces. Undertack is the only brand of boxers that is unapologetically pro-America, 
pro-military and pro-Second Amendment. So where do you go? Undertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. Getundertack.com. And you can save 20% off your order with offer code POSO20. That's POSO20. So on top of a superior product, you can save an additional 20%. That's getundertack.com. Offer code POSO20. Well, the Fed hike is now finally upon us. Look, we told you for weeks and weeks this was going to happen. Uh, a lot of people out there, some of the more, um, you know, cued in like Zero Hedge financial blogs have been talking about this. They said this is going to be potentially a series of hikes. And we're now seeing the first beginning of a series of hikes in your interest rates in order to combat what? Bidenflation. We now know that inflation is at its highest peak in 40 years, all the way since the 1970s, since we've seen inflation this high. And the Fed, of course, is going to try to respond. Now, notice you don't hear any responses from the Biden administration of uh, tapering spending or tightening up quantitative easing or saying that they're not going to be, you know, which essentially means they're not going to be printing as much money as they used to. No, 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 no. Are they going to go after ESGs? Are they going to go after BlackRock or Blackstone or any of these massive, you know, Vanguard? Are they going to do anything to prevent all of these changes to our market and the way that they've been essentially financing their friends and buddies to go out and they're the ones who get this money from directly from the Fed and then they distribute it along their political lines using ESG scores? We're not going to have any of that. No, no, no. The Great Reset will continue. But at the same time, you all are going to have to pay higher rates. Here's Fed Chairman Powell talking about it. I do think it will be appropriate to raise our target range for the federal funds rate at the March meeting in a couple of weeks, and I'm inclined to propose and support a 25 basis point rate hike. We're also going to write down our new summary of economic projection, individual forecasts, which will show each participant's views of the, of the path forward in the economy and with rates. I also expect that at this meeting, <clears throat> we'll make good progress toward an agreement on a plan to shrink the balance sheet. We will not finalize that plan at this meeting. We'll do that when we think the time is right at a coming meeting. The bottom line <clears throat> is that we will proceed, but we will proceed carefully as we learn more about the implications of the Ukraine war for the economy. We use our tools to support financial stability and macroeconomic stability. We're going to avoid adding uncertainty to what is already an extraordinarily challenging and uncertain moment. So that's, that's and now this in from thehill.com. Gasoline prices have risen 40%. Energy prices rose 27%. Food prices rose 7% annually as of January, according to the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index. As the war in Ukraine continues, the price of gas is going to go up and up and up. I've seen people forecasting potentially $200 per barrel for oil. What does that mean? That could potentially mean $6 a gallon gas average in the United States. And there's already parts of the United States where you're seeing $6 a gallon gas. Because why? Because we're not doing anything to actually increase our domestic supply of energy. We can do it tomorrow, right? President Biden could come out tomorrow and say, we're going to invest in nuclear. We're going to remove the moratorium on offshore drilling. We're going to go for fracking and we're going to go into Anwar. Boom. Oh, by the way, and we're going to in increase the leases up in Alaska anyway for these various areas that we could go directly for. We could easily go for this. But no, 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 no. They don't want to acknowledge that it's a supply and demand issue. They want to pretend that it's just a financial game and that they can play around with this money. They can play around with dollars 
and then act as if that's the only way out of the trap. Why? Because I said before, it's because of this ESG system and this global green mindset that has completely taken over not only our capital markets and our financial wealth markets, but the White House and so many levers of power throughout the United States. They believe that the only way to do this is to invest in these ESG-based uh, outcomes and ESG-compliant companies. Right? It's completely ridiculous. You're going to drive our country off a cliff. And by the way, you are going to aid Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. All right. And that wraps up Human Events Daily for today. Remember our oath, our vow, our solemn promise to all of you to be good, be brief, be gone. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. March 3rd, 1931, the Star Spangled Banner written by Francis Scott Key during the War of 1812, Baltimore Harbor, was officially adopted as the national anthem of the United States. Remember, this is the United States of America, and we are the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.